Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I love that Buck Swope. Buck Swope's an interesting cat. This is as creepy a guy as you'll ever encounter. That's right. Buck Swope. Buck Swope. Who you, Doug really is not comfortable yeah. with Buck Swope. Kind of a shutter spook. Swope's one of the best in the business, for my money. Buck Swope? Buck Swope asked Doug his preference on shrubs. Ah. <laughs> I, may, I may sue Buck Swope. Buck Swope is struck. I'm pretty high on Swope. If we need an old audio clip, Swope's going to have it. Why? Oh, no, I just know he does. The wonderful Buck Swope. You know Buck Swope? Well, yeah. Seem to have kind of an issue with Buck Swope. Right. It always goes back to Swope. Buck Swope. Buck Swope. Buck Swope. Buck Swope. Mr. Buck T. Swope. What's up, kids? You're listening to Swope's Picks, episode 27, The Battle on Broadway. A little later, we'll be joined by Ryan Kelly and Dave Jackson. But right now, let's flash back to May 2016. Well, get on with it, motherfucker. Get on with it, motherfucker. Well, get on with it, motherfucker. Uh, Timberfake is in studio. It's part of the uh, fireside chat. I'm the sex show. You've added that uh, ring in your, that hoop in your nose, haven't you? That's I just, new. Like, Doug's like my like uncle or dad, and I feel like bad being here. Doug Vaughn and is like more of a legend than anybody knows. Wow. I know people give them with them, what do they call them, memes or whatever? Memes? Memes, I don't know what they're called, man. I mean, I have enough of them, but, like, yeah. people don't understand St. Louis, and Doug doesn't. Like, Larry Connors was a legend. We ain't getting into that, but Doug Vaughn. All I did was uh, ask about the hoop you've got in your uh, nose. Oh, hoop, you Honest question. The, what's up, my man? How many drinks have you had? Today? This morning. And when did you go to sleep? If you I did? went to sleep. Well, you were texting me a lot at, at like, yeah. 6 this morning. Tell us, well, yeah. okay, how about this? What did you do the last, let's say, 15 hours, starting I, with last night? I was with my baby, Tony Timberfake. You know her. Right? Yes. Have you seen pictures? Well, whatever. She's very attractive. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's yeah, but. But tell me. She's my, where'd you I, go? I, went, I was, I did nothing but stay at home. What'd you drink? Nothing. So I woke you... up. So I, I woke up at <laughs> What did you shoot into your veins? I, I, like, I got to tell you guys a funny story, though. Oh, if you could. <laughs> like so, story so it's it's guys, a surprising hey, digression. No, you guys got to hear this. Me and my girl, Tony, Tony Timberfake, are walking to Lucas Park, and she's bad. How old is she, by the way? 27, 26. Okay. What does she do? I'm not. When she comes on air, she could talk about okay. that. Is she going to join us? I'm going to call her. We'll get that going. Is she on Team Fred? Well, I mean, we're... She was. Okay. She's a sex show. Okay. And that's my baby. Is this, but... is this the girl that you banged in the parking lot of Ameristar? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, that's how a lot of relationships Is that start. the first night you met her? Yeah. Uh, I see Larry Nichols on the line. Now, are you guys sideways? Larry, I didn't good morning. know what was going on. Larry's all right. We, are, we, are, we out here. We all right. No, don't talk like that. We out you. What's up, Larry? How are you guys? Hello, Nixie. Uh, Larry, uh, Timberfake says he has a hookup with Roman Reigns. Yes, dude, and if you can get to the radio station or you can get to the airport in an hour, you're gonna you're gonna get to meet Roman Reigns, Sheamus, and um Woo! Ric Flair's daughter too. Wow. She's wow, a champ wow. right now. I'm not lying, man. I mean I'm gonna have pics with them. It's up to you. Well, if I didn't have anything to do today, I would, but uh, I have some business to take up this afternoon. What do you gotta do? I do it with a local wrestling promotion. And we might be getting a new sponsor. Wow, look at uh, Larry, uh, you're selling some advertising. 
I like my wrestling, but I'm more of a Stone Cold fan and a Ric Flair fan. Like, I keep it sexy like Ric Flair, you know? Well, Ric Flair's a little bit sexier than him and Pace. Right. Wow. What did what he, he say? What did he say? He said Ric Flair's a little bit sexier than Timberface. Oh, Ric Flair might be the sexiest guy that ever lived. No, so you're not disagreeing. Larry, are you in Timberface? Because I noticed you were, like, arguing, I don't, I don't know about what, but on the fan page about Timberfake being sexy. What was going on? Well, don't give us the wrong way, Timberfake, but every time you say something, you always have to put in sexy before whatever you're saying, like sexy coffee or sex Lewis. I am Sex Lewis. I'm I'm the sex machine. I'm the sex revolution. I'm Sex Lewis. I'm the money man. I'm the play baby. I'm 2.0. I'm Timberfake. I'm whatever you want. I got 30 nicknames. Like now, why I don't do you know. think though? Why do you think we need a sex revolution? I don't know. Yeah, what, like, is, what is this sex revolution? I don't know, man. It's like it's like my girl Tony. It's just something just sexy is in the air today. I don't know. It, like, do you sense the sex in the air today here in the studio? It's like Steve That's Winwood. So you, like oh. you, you like you guys. You know that song by Steve Winwood. Play play that Steve Winwood song. You guys have any Steve Winwood? Oh yeah. Timberfake, how is the eyebrow coming? I know you got hit it's, in the face it's good, with a man. beer I bottle mean, a little yeah, while back. Yeah, yeah, it's cool, man. I mean, I could talk about an air. Like, I don't care. Somebody hit me up. Like, I'll fight you, but I, I can't say my lawyer. I can't say stipulations. And, you know, that's a big word, you know? Especially yeah. <laughs> so a fella took a beer bottle. I know a lot of words, and they're great. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I keep it sexy. Like, what's up, Jordan? Call her Jordan. <laughs> a little sexy. You're going to hit on her again. Nah, you? I'm not hitting on her, man. I got a baby. I got a baby. I got the sexiest girl in oh, St. Louis. Sent me, you, you sent me a text about Jordan this oh, morning. Did. Yeah, you did. Uh, did I? Yes. It says, uh, hold on a second. Uh, he said, Anna, my girl Tony, and call her Jordan. Now that, my man, what's crazy is I could make it happen, but that's for talk over scotch. It salts me. I don't know what the hell that I don't know what that a lot of bases there, fella. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I don't know what that means either. Like, I got one girl, like, but... Well, now, who were you hitting on when the fellow took the beer bottle and threw it in your face? Oh, man, Doug. Well, we could talk, like, it's Jimmy Connors' nephew, if you want to know the truth. <laughs> you were not Jimmy Connors' beer nephew. Got you. Pretty gay. Yeah, I right in the head. Yeah, I would have whooped him, but it's like, yeah, it's Jimmy Connors' nephew. Where were you for about four years? You're kind of off. I know, right? Off the grid. I know. Now what now, happened? Now it's just, just out of control. But seriously, what happened? Why weren't you uh, kind I was of just doing my with thing. the show I, for a while? I don't know. Like I retired producer Joe. I, I didn't have nothing to prove. You got like, the belt. Yeah, I should have brought that in. Like, and we are gonna have a fight. Like, but you got we gotta find we out. Don't who... fight anybody. We've offered opponents. I don't know, Doug. We ain't gonna talk about that because I don't know. Like. All right, guys, the sex revolution's going strong to quite strong here. Thanks. That's from the Wilmore Park bathroom attendant. Mm-hmm. That's a great park. <laughs> I'm not a gentleman. I'm a whore. Uh, here is uh, whatever the hell's going on, uh, this Action Jackson that w- I was texted about. Uh, here it is. Get the lever plows in. Thank you, morning after, fan page. <laughs> all the haters and to all of our fans, we love you. From the Timber face. you, Tony, Joe, Dow. It's almost a little Christmas card. What, wait, what did she say at the end? It's almost like a Christmas <laughs> card message. She said, F you, Tony Doe. Oh. Dow, I believe that's in reference to the gentleman, Doug, who you've unfortunately Who's been Wally? sideways with. <laughs> Tony, Wally and leave it to Beaver. Right. Tony Dow, uh, although she called him Tony Doe. Oh. <laughs> Tony Doe. <laughs> and he is the one who had our... Holiday party mm-hmm. at uh, the Wheelhouse in downtown St. Louis presented you with a picture of Tony Danza in the shower. Yeah, he just walks up with a black and white 
naked picture of Tony Danza and hands it to me. He goes, <laughs> and I guess he is also sideways with uh, Tony Timberfake. Her name is Tony. But they're calling themselves the Timberfakes now. Right. So it's really serious. Yeah, it's a sitcom. I'm not a gentleman. I'm a whore. Uh, yeah, uh, Doug, this <clears throat> is Timberfake. Hmm. Hello, Timberfake. The Money Man 2.0. What's up, my, what's up, my dudes, Hello. my cools? What up, man? What you need to do, I think, is to settle down a little bit, still be the wild play baby that everybody loves, but lock down uh, more stability, maybe uh, more of a paycheck. What I'm saying is you might have to get a sexy job. Yeah, I mean, maybe. That's well, what, cool. what are you doing for income but now? I'm, I was with Matt Harvey yesterday, man. Come on, I, I keep it sexy. I'm TMZ, man. Yeah, you were with Matt Harvey. Dark Knight, Doug. The, yeah. mm-hmm. What do you mean you were with I was with Dark Knight last night. Uh, I knew I knew about his fighting in St. Louis before Free ESPN did put it that way. So you went to the airport to get your picture taken with Matt Harvey? No, I, I did Rackman. What are you doing right now for income? The, the, the money man, number one player, baby, has money. It's not about that. I'll give the fans what they want. I'll fight Buck Swope if they want me to. I don't like Buck that. Buck walking around with this green jacket. <laughs> Buck Swope. Whoever the fans really want to see... I will sign the contract today, tomorrow, whenever. I'll fight whoever they want. I'll fight Buck Swope. I'll fight Mike Lawrence. I'll Buck fight Swope. New York. Like, honestly, it's just a sex show to me, man. It's just like, you know, it really is. We don't it, see it as that. We see it as a whoever. boxing match. Tony listens to this, and then she calls in to set the record straight. If she's listening right now, and, and you miss her, you long for her, yeah. what would you say to Tony? We're cool, man. Like, I'm not going to, like, chase after her or whatever. Like, she'll figure it out, and, you know. I mean, you saw her. Like she's she's beautiful. Man. Oh, she's just as cute she's, as a speckled puppy. Nice. Yeah, and you you guys and she hey she loves you guys too. She does. She, now you texted me during our segment in which Chrissy Renner girl was sharing with Doug that she was dropping ass <laughs> at a QT off Highway K. Oh yeah Very yeah yeah right. no yeah yeah I forgot about that time yeah yeah like it's cute like I, like a recreational like I'd be taking a poop or something. Nah, uh, like, don't need just, to hear it. No, 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 no. Hear it out. No, hear no, it no, out. No, no. It might get no, cute. No, she would just start laughing and like just laughing while I'm taking a poop and don't need she, to hear she, it. She, like I would tell her that and she loved it when I was taking a poop. Ah. <laughs> I'm not a gentleman. I'm a whore. Uh, breaking news here. Timberfake called in earlier. Uh, Tony Timberfake uh, is, <laughs> is on the line. Oh, uh, she is. Okay. So we have we have a, re- a response. Good morning, Tony. Hey. Everybody's got their things. You know, when you were sitting next to me a couple weeks ago, Jennings immediately texted in and asked about your feet, and you said, that's not hot. You're not into that. But oh. if But if what you're into is hot scat play, yeah. that's fine. It just sounds like you're in denial right now, and Timberfake says you like to listen to him use the restroom. No. No, that's disgusting. Like, no, I don't like to listen to him. Like, when he told me that, I literally got sick, and I hung up. I didn't even say... Ew, I hung up. Wow. <laughs> so he lost like, significant just... points. And not only are you going to the airport to pick up this second lover, but he, he <laughs> fell back but a peg today. Be there. But he might be there with Matt Harvey. Timberfake is going to still be at the airport with Matt Harvey, Doug, the dark night. Like, shoot, you guys. I almost said the S-H-I-T word. Shoot. Yeah, well, don't. Okay. Yeah. Matt okay, Harvey. Yeah, and spelling Matt. it out doesn't necessarily help with the FCC. Oh, sorry. God, I suck. I suck at life. Matt, um, Matt, Matt Harvey's not going to just hang. that off. Not just going to hang around the airport. <laughs> with Timberfake. He'll walk by, and maybe he'll be nice enough to take a quick picture. Yeah, and no, he's gone. You no, don't have to worry about that. Chair. No, he sits in the chair, and then he waits for him to come out of the little tunnel, and then he runs up to him. Makes him sign something and takes a quick selfie or a picture, and then um, Matt goes about his life. Is right. is that more of a turn on for you than hot scat play? Ah. 
Listen, I don't know what hat Scott play is. I don't either. Clip that off. Can somebody tell me real quick? Not on the air. Uh, Frank, I think, is going to open it up. It's his his third point in the the monologue. Uh, All right, Tim, Tim, text me that. Text me what that means. I'll text you what hot scat play is. That'll be great. That'll be a great text to have. Okay, never mind. I can't deal. So to be be clear, the one the reason you would call it is because you don't like to listen to Timber Fake in the restroom. That's what we were Correct, correct. That was why I called in today to defend myself. It's important that you do that. He shouldn't be able to get away with that. Boy, things are not going well for him today. (laughs) Is he out of the picture completely at this point? Well, we don't talk. Really? So he is out of the picture. And like I said, he lies. Like, he just lied on air. Like, Mm. screw that. I mean, he is a freaking sissy. (laughs) Like, he thinks he's so tough for fighting producer Joe. Like, does anybody watch that fight? Like, get on YouTube and rewatch. Like, it's not good. I didn't know it was on YouTube. Yeah, it's available. Larry's call. I'm not a gentleman. I'm a whore. Hold on a second. I understand Ryan Kelly wants to say something to Timberfake. Now, this is our title sponsor, and this is Timberfake, a polarizing figure on the Ryan Kelly morning after. Ryan, what do we have going on here? I was watching the video you guys put together for the 11th year anniversary. Right. And I was seeing pictures of Timberfake fighting over PTs. And I see that there was a fight a couple of years ago where yeah. you fought producer Joe. And I was thinking about it and I was like, oh, I'd like to fight. Oh my God. Oh my wow. God. Oh my God. But we got to do it for a good cause. I think that we could probably raise some money for childhood cancer if you and I fought. Wow. In the we're on the radio. Oh, What's that's fine. That's fine. We'll dump out of it. Iggy, remember to dump out of that. I think that people would pay money to see it or at least make a donation to, like, Friends of Kids with Cancer or oh something. Oh, my God. Doug, I can't believe what's going on. <laughs> Ryan <laughs> Kelly's challenging Timberfake. <laughs> Damn it, why? It's we're, a we're about the same Doug. size, you know? I'm, old as, I'm know, older man. than you, dude. You're I'm not, 40 years old. I mean, you probably not, you're got not me a there. Roy, you're not a roids, are you? <laughs> no, I, <laughs> oh, yeah, I take steroids. <laughs> No, man, I'm a tiny guy. We're about the same size. I'm probably 10, 15 years older than you. We'll get in the arena. I'll put it all together. We'll put some other fights wow. around it. So wow. I'm talking like a real wow. deal. Timberfake, you have been challenged by the home loan expert himself. Friends of kids with cancer would be the beneficiary. My manager, Larry, Nichol Larry Nichols. Would be your manager, <laughs> Mr. Fuji. Timberfake, do you accept this challenge? Let's do it. Oh, my God. Oh. Damn it, why? Oh, my God. Yeah. That's how you get a deal done, Doug. You walk right up to the man and you challenge him. That's how they sign contracts in the world wrestling entertainment business, isn't it, Larry Nickel? Yes, it is. And uh, if we could bring out the announce team of one Lawrence T. Nickel and one... Ken, I think you're right on target on that. You and Iggy need to be back on the call. We need to get those yellow blazers again. I'm not a gentleman. I'm a whore. We have the fire right in front of us, Doug. We have Timberfake. He has a, a bottle of champagne, a mimosa. He has a mason jar of something else. We're at Billy G's. The main reason we're here this morning is because we have with us Lauren and Wayne Turley from Catherine Cares. We've been working with Build-A-Bear over the last six months to uh, design the the bears that are on the table here and uh, the bears have a recording device in them and when families receive a life-threatening diagnosis uh, the hospital staff will 
record the sound of a baby's heartbeat and on the device and shove it in the bear there and then provide the, the bear to the family. So we're, we're very excited about this. We've got a video up on our website and uh, look forward to assisting families in a better way. And you have these really nice bears, but also such a, a heartbreaking story. But you know that you are uh, you know, helping these families as much as you can with, you know, through a terrible tragedy, but I'm sure it really means a lot to them. And having gone through that, you know, you can speak to that. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, if we can't have Catherine here, she's doing really good work. So that's, that's something that we're real proud of. Um, and letting families know that they're not alone. You know, sometimes when you receive a diagnosis, it's very isolating. And so to know that other families have been through it, and regardless of the outcome of that diagnosis, you are going to come through it as a family, and you're going, you're going to be able to smile again. So... Thank That's you. what we're trying to let people know. Thank you for the work that you do and also sharing you. your, your story with us. I'm sure that's not easy to do, but uh, thank you for the work you're doing and, uh, you know, muddling through with us because we're not, we're not good. <laughs> it's kind of a heavy topic for Friday, so thank you. We appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, but, it, but it's necessary and it's important. And, again, thanks to Lauren and Wayne Turley from Catherine Care. So come on down. You have no excuse, listeners. You can come to Billy G's, have a good meal, have some drinks, and help out a great cause. They have these uh, really cute teddy bears, Catherine Cares. You can donate. Uh, they're called the Heartbeat Bears. And uh, all your money and proceeds go to uh, such a great cause here with Catherine Cares. Thanks again. Timberfake also has something uh, to say. Go ahead. Well, wait a minute. Hey, wait. Well, you got to talk into a microphone. we got to hand the headphone over to um, Timberfake. I don't know. Like, you know, it's not always, a, but, like, these wonderful people and hearing their story. So when I fight Ryan Kelly and it's all going to charity, he's going to get his charity and – Whatever, it'll be 50-50, whatever I make, whatever happens off that fight, whenever it happens, it's whatever I get is going to go to them. How That's about nice. that? Good for you. That's awesome. That's a hundred percent true. That's Timberfake two point right there. That's going to that's going to Catherine. Catherine Catherine's cares. cares, right? Yeah. I'm not a gentleman. I'm a whore. Here's the uh, one of the stormy combatants right here, and it's not the title sponsor of this show. Uh, good morning, Timberfake. The money man. Well, we have a bout, sir. Right. Now, does this give your life a little more focus because uh, you take these fights Man, very seriously? And yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. I, was out, I, I was out drinking and smoking with Kern a week before I beat Prod Joe. Oh, yeah. I got no worries, man. We're right, and fifty grand is good, man. It, that, that's that's Sax Lewis, but well, you don't get it. I think like there, there ain't no like 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 I don't I didn't realize how big Sax Lewis was, man, and, and Kelly Lewis, like Kelly Timberfake, whatever you want to call it. This is gonna be huge. We, we, we can we get Shavitz Arena? Like I know, no. like, we, we can. We, it, it can hold all, no, all the fan love, lovers or haters. Play baby, John Stamos, Singles. I make it happen. I'm, I'm the guy that, that sells out the fights. I'm the guy they want to see. Win or lose, they want to see me. I agree. I'm gonna give you a bell on that one. How you got to do in the late rounds with your stamina when you've been smoking a couple packs a day? It, it came on matter. in the last I was, fight. I, I, I was drinking and having, can I say sex in the eyes? Drinking and having sex to my fight before, before I beat producer Joe. I ain't got no worries. Uh, Larry Nickel posted something. Uh, Doug, this is what he said. Uh, I think it will take two hits. Ryan Kelly hitting you and you hitting the floor. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, but don't snort like that. I, I don't, no, here's just weird. I don't know who's controlling Larry's Facebooks. What do you mean? You, you don't think Larry Nickel posted no. that? I know I got a personal Snapchat at about 12 a.m. He goes, good night, Chris. I got a personal <laughs> one. You know, I'm going to put on such a sex show. Hmm. My my entrance alone is going to take 15 minutes. Like, you don't even know. Does anybody know Joshua anymore? I want him to sing that. Joshua, let's stay on one topic at a time. 
Jimmy the Cat Hayes, Doug Vaughn. I really don't know you, sir. That's all right. No. Joshua. I'm supporting Josh. Out of town supporting Josh. Yeah, I'm support too. Yeah, I'm in. Hall of Famer. I want to hear me say, I'm not a gentleman, I'm a whore. Put the, let me hear that. Somebody, well, that comes from the plow packer. So, yeah, somebody hit that sexy button. Come on, plow boy. Well, he's oh, got to call gotta, it up. Give him just fine. a second. On, Side burns. Come on, Iggy. I'm <laughs> not a gentleman, I'm a whore. There. There you go. Yeah, boy, that was great. Any yeah, other drop so Any other drop you want us to play for you? We got time. Oh, my sure wife really likes what about the waffle fries? I don't know if you have that one at your disposal. Yeah, man, I, I was I was mad that, that Billy G's didn't bring waffle fries out today, McCartan. Hmm. Well, yesterday you were there, not today. You can pretty much lead him what in anything. Well, you know what I mean. What about the waffle fries? Thank you. It was dedicated from uh, me to Anna Marie. You know what's sexy about today? No. I'm holding the strap. I'm looking at the strap right now, and this gives me motivation. Just, uh, just makes me sexy when I wear that strap. Yeah, you don't want to give that up, do you? No. You ever take that you know what, when though? you go out on the town, kind of drape it over your shoulder? I'm start doing that. I didn't know the strap was that big of a deal until Ryan Kelly said it. So I'm like, Are you kidding me? Man, that strap? Yeah. I in se- in Sex Lewis? Yeah, I forgot about that. But I actually have the real strap. Yes, you do. I got from Pride Joe. All right, Larry Nickel just called in. I'm 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 going to put you on hold. Mm -hmm. Uh, Larry, good morning. Yeah, hello, Nixie. Good morning, guys. What's up? Uh, Midnight uh, on uh, October 7th, 2016, did you send a Snapchat to Timberfake saying goodnight, Chris? Yes, I did. Okay. Uh, Doug, at approximately 645 on October 7th, 2016, did you send a Facebook message to the same gentleman you wished goodnight with a personalized snap? I think it will be two hits, Ryan Kelly hitting you and you hitting the floor. Yes. But if you're going to reach out at midnight before you're about to go to bed and send a personalized Snapchat to another gentleman, why then a handful of hours later would you send a Facebook message to him uh, talking about how he is going to get hit and then hit the floor? Because he always does a, he's always bragging about he's all about sex wolves. Right. And all he is, is a, like he said, he's a glorified whore. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm not a gentleman. I'm a whore. Joe Buck is about ready to call a World Series game. And mm-hmm. there is, in a video that uh, I guess they sent to Tim or was tweeted out by, I, I don't know if it was Tim, but Timber I saw Fake. it. Timber Fake just put it up on his Facebook page. And he somehow corralled Joe Buck and got him to weigh in on the upcoming fight between mm-hmm. Ryan Kelly and Timber Fake. If you huh. want to hear the uh, Joe Buck, we actually do have that if you want to hear oh, it. Yeah, because sure. to me it was shocking. This guy's getting ready to call a World Series game. Who you got in the big fight, uh, Joe? I, I got Timber Fake. And Tim, you owe me. Here we go, my man. There we go, my man. He's having a hell of a time in Chicago. He's just hanging out at hotels and just running in front of people and taking pictures and saying, another celebrity I met. He seems to meet them all. No, he just stalks until they get there. And they take right, but that's meeting good, him. He's a good stalker. We'll give him that. I'm not a gentleman. I'm a whore. And some people think Ryan Kelly may be studying Timber Fake's fight with producer Joe to get an edge, you know, in the film room. Probably saw that tramp stamp and got flustered. Mm. Timber Fake has a tramp stamp? Yes, he does. He was vomiting outside of Dave Jackson's home two nights ago. Why? Dave Jackson he, was very happy about that. Because it worked out so hard? Yep. And then I I posted a picture on the, the fan pin, the producer Joe versus Timber Fake marketing material. You remember this, the cat? Yeah. And Dave tight. Jackson, has a, who I believe may wind up being the star of the 24-7, <laughs> yeah. said, uh, just seeing Chris hold that, Chris is Timber Fake's real name. Right. 
Uh, it's like Cassius. Uh, just seeing Chris hold that right hand so low makes me want to snap a jab in his face or smash him with a left hook. If that problem isn't fixed in two weeks, it's going to be a quick, painful ending and a lot of wasted effing time and effort for nothing. WTF, is he blocking, protecting there? His chest, SMH. That's his trainer? Head. That's his own trainer. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a tough, raw bone trainer. That's his trainer ripping a publicity photo taken years ago? He's just being hard on his fighter. I'm not a gentleman. I'm a whore. We, we talk a lot about the three charities. I just want to take one minute, if you don't mind, just to talk to you guys seriously about these three organizations. We have Catherine Cares here, so we'll start with Catherine Cares. Um, people. Wayne and Lord, Catherine Cares, doing incredible work. Yeah, they're sitting right there, there at the table. Let's yeah, Wayne, Charlie, come up here, here man. Come oh, up Wayne. here. Come up here, my man. It's my turn. This is Wayne from Catherine I'm Cares. the one that, that made this happen. Don't forget you're going to donate all your money to them when you're done, too. Anyhow, Catherine Cares takes care of families who lose or get a life-threatening diagnosis while they're pregnant. It hits home um, in a lot of different ways for me and for people in my office. And um, we enjoy being part of what they're doing. Go ahead. Do you want to say something? Oh, no. I was just... No, I was was at an event at Billy G's with with Doug and the cat. I don't know if McCartney was there. But I saw Catherine Cares... Wayne, I saw you guys there, and you guys weren't even involved in this for a minute. But when I I saw you guys there, and I heard your story, I go, you know, because Ryan Kelly already had his picked out, you know? And I'm like, no, we're, we're getting Catherine Cares involved in this. And I'm the one that got this started. I'm fighting for you guys, and I'm fighting for all three charities. We're very appreciative. And then that, that's amazing. It's, it's all about you guys. Like, we're, we're going to put on a show for you guys, but when it comes down to it, it's all about you guys. I just hope the listeners understand, this isn't me and producer Joe. This, this is for something amazing that... All of you fans here have paid $50 that are going straight to the charities, straight to the charities, straight to the charities. I'm not a gentleman. I'm a whore. You are listening live from a jam-packed South Broadway athletic club as Bud Select presents The Battle on Broadway. The Home Loan Expert. Hi, I'm Ryan Kelly. And I see that there was a fight a couple years ago where yeah. you fought producer Joe. And I was thinking about it and I was like... Oh, I'd like to fight. Woo! Sexy, ain't it? Doug, I can't believe what's going on. Ryan Kelly's challenging Timberfake. Damn it, why? We'll challenge Timberfake. Sexuals can have sex with anybody. I'm the play baby. I'm the madman. Yo. I'm not a gentleman. I'm a whore. For the heavyweight championship of the world. Charity partners tonight are Friends of Kids with Cancer, Catherine Cares, and Three Little Birds for Life. Now, it's time to go ringside with Iggy. I would bang you right now if you let me. Oh, Iggy. And Larry Nickel. I am the best in the world in what I do. It's true. It's true. It's damn true. For the Battle on Broadway. Hey, good evening, everyone. Welcome to the South Broadway Athletic Club. The Battle on Broadway. Presented by Bud Select. Iggy with long Larry Nickel. Nixie, how are you, buddy? I'm doing okay, Iggy. How about you? I... Four o'clock you started, didn't you? Yes. Well, as Doug Bond would say, let's get it on. <laughs> Introducing the challenger from Brentwood Boulevard. You know him as the title sponsor of the Ryan Kelly Morning After on 590 The Fan, KFNS. Ladies and gentlemen, 
Brian, the home loan expert, Kelly. at home, uh, Ryan Kelly entering to the Undertaker's music from WWE. Walking into the ring with an urn. He shocked the world defeating producer Joe and he intends to do it again tonight as he defends the strap against Ryan Kelly. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the ring, the number one ring, the John Stamos of St. Louis, defending champion, Timberfang. longest entrance in the history of boxing. I know! downloading ACDC so Timberfake can make his entrance uh, and now Timberfake uh, has had two songs play and uh, will not come out until ACDC is played so I wonder what ACDC song he's going to play though who knows it might be uh, Bang Flag or something else <laughs> well we'll soon find out the crowd is getting restless here this may turn a few people away from Timberfake. Here we go. I think ACDC is being played now. Well, he picked a good choice. I like this one. Well, ACDC is playing. If you want to get another shot real quick. Ryan Kelly's just screaming in the ring. He wants to get this on, and Timberfake, the prima donna that he is, not come out until everything is perfect for him. Timberfake is a unemployed stalker of celebrities. All he cares about is talking celebrities and going to give to himself. And here he comes. About time. Look at the arms on Ryan Kelly. They're like that. They're the same size as Timberfake's legs. Ryan Kelly says he's ready. 
Timberfake's ready. Here we go, round one. The battle on Broadway. Timberfake coming out, throwing some punches early. Like he did last match. Oh, Ryan Kelly. Bangs him into the rope. That's what they call it. Ryan up. Kelly with a couple of blows there. Another blow to the head by Ryan Kelly, and he pushes him up against the ropes. That's, that can't happen. Maybe well for not boxing. Ryan Kelly landed a couple and threw him against the ropes. Timberfake not happy about that. Now they're back in the middle of the ring again. Timberfake just threw a punch after the referee had stopped the fight to give instructions. He lunged at Ryan Kelly, fell down throwing the punch. Sizing each other up in the middle of the ring. Ryan Kelly is the aggressor this first round, Larry. I know. And there it is, end of the first round. And I'm going to have to give that one to Ryan Kelly, Larry. What do you think? Uh, the, yeah, I would give it to Ryan Kelly because he's been the aggressor most of the match. And we're back in round two. And that is not a knockdown. That is... What are you doing? This is, this is getting out of hand, Larry. Ryan Kelly, that is not a knockdown. Ryan Kelly pushed Timberfake to the mat. This isn't wrestling. And then Timberfake tried to grab onto Ryan Kelly's legs while he was on the ground. Oh, Timberfake landed there. Another one he landed. Ryan Kelly holding on, punching while he's holding. There's too much holding in boxing. You know, obviously they're not boxers, Larry, but some strategy about try to land some punches and then hold. There's some more pushing. Timberfake falls over again. This time, Lankai had nothing to do with it. Timberfake's been down twice this round, but neither have been by a knockout. Ten seconds left in the round. Trying to get in a few more points, and that's it. Not a lot of action, a lot of holding, a lot of pushing, but I think Timberfake got a couple of shots in there. Uh, so I'll give that round to Timberfake. I'll call it a job. Dave Jackson is giving Timberfake some instructions there. Yeah, excuse me, yeah, I got the image of the other DB girl. Yes, yeah, get a picture of that, Larry, because this is the second DB's girl, and what a great ass she has, too. My God. She's got a nice back side and a nice front side, too. Oh, by the way, the after party is at DB's. And we're back in it for round three. I have this uh, tied up. A little fake jabs. Timber fake tried to throw a punch there. Ryan Kelly, a wild miss. Another one to the back of the head. But holding. holding. Ryan Kelly has been yes, I was wondering when that was going to happen, Larry. I thought maybe it was going to happen last round. He had a tendency to hold Timberfake, push him against the ropes, and hit him in the back of the head. They did not take a point around last round, but this round they just took a point away from Ryan Kelly. Ryan Kelly. A couple of nice rights by Ryan Kelly. Holding first, not Ryan Kelly. Now, those are a couple of nice rights by Ryan Kelly, and then Timberfake holds on. Timberfake missed with a shot. Ryan Kelly trying to get him in the corner. Timberfake gets out of the corner. Ten seconds left in the round. Timberfake a couple of wild shots. Now he has him in the corner. Ryan Kelly gets away. Timberfake falls over again. I guess that's the end of the round. I did not hear the bell, so I don't know how to, to I don't know how to judge that round, Larry. I mean, I didn't hear a bell go off, but I guess that's the end of the round because the DB girls is coming in for round. God, that ass is great. Um, but there was a point taken away from Ryan Kelly there. I think I would have given Ryan Kelly the round, but with the point taken off, I'm going to make that a 9-9 round. Oh, it's the same thing no matter what happens. 
There's definitely DBs going in there. She's hot. Yeah, I just said that. To distract us. Here we go, round four. Ryan Kelly ready to go, timber fake. This could be a pivotal round, Larry. I think whoever takes this round could win this fight. Oh, timber fake. A glancing blow there. Ryan Kelly, an uppercut, and then another one lands. Timberfake trying to fight back. Ryan Kelly, the aggressor this round. Oh. Oh. Timber goes down with a right. That is a knockdown. That is a knockdown. There was no slip there. Ryan Kelly set that up perfect with an uppercut, a right hand to the head, and then he knocked Timberfake down with a shot. Standing eight count. Making the fighters go to their corners. Timberfake trying to get some of these points back. He was just knocked down. Ryan Kelly, another push into the corner. and Timberfake leaning against the ropes. He looks like he could be gassed, Larry. Yeah, the first few rounds. Timberfake just trying to get through this round. You can tell he's tired. And I believe, Larry, that's where the training came in. Yeah, Ryan Kelly's been doing Ten more seconds left in this round. Timberfake. Yeah, has Ryan Kelly in the corner. Ryan Kelly boxing his way out. He knocks him up against the rope. Oh, Ryan Kelly just hit two shots after the bell. Corey Maxwell. I have to give that round to Ryan Kelly, 10 to eight with the knockdown. So Timberfake's gonna have to come out and, and knock Ryan Kelly down here to get that point back. Final round, they bump gloves and here we go. Up against the ropes again. Ryan Kelly is shot. Timberfake lands a blow, falls over again. This is the fourth time Timberfake's been on the mat. Only one with a knockout, though. Right. He's having trouble getting up. I don't know what's going on with Timberfake. He's just, he's leaning against the ropes. You tell you, Iggy. He's gassed, and we're, exactly. only, we're only 10 seconds into this round. He just fell over on his own. The referee is talking to him in the corner. Dave Jackson giving instructions to get in there and fight. Dave Jackson is pissed off. Dave Jackson is yelling. He's sending both fighters to the corner again for some reason. Yeah, neutral corner because uh, nobody had a knockdown. They go to the neutral corner. Well, it wasn't a knockout. He fell. That, that was the second one. Well, I guess that's a knockdown. It didn't look like much. Standing eight count. Larry, this fight's over. Timberfake cannot win this fight. I know of it. He was knocked down there with a little, it looked like a little love tap, and Timberfake just fell over like a bag of bricks. 10 seconds left in the fight. The referee has broken it up again, sends him into the corners. I think there's been more sending to the corners than there has been fighting. And there's, right. the, there's the match. There's the fifth round. I'm gonna go down to one of Ryan Kelly. What do you think, Eddie? I have Ryan Kelly winning 48 to 46. I will have, that, I will have uh, Ryan Kelly winning 49 to 46. If I was if I was going to match myself. Timberfake was supposed to come up with a strap. I didn't see the strap tonight. What's up with that? Well, it's worth three bucks. You can go get it anywhere, Larry. So both fighters in the middle of the ring getting ready for the announcement, which will be Ryan Kelly. I don't know how bad they got it. I got three rounds to one with a draw, which would come out to 48-46 Ryan Kelly on my scorecard. Right. I don't think there's any doubt that Ryan Kelly's won this fight. Just well, waiting I, for the announcement. Well, I just hope uh, Timberfake didn't pay off anybody with what money he has. Because he's how it was last night. Five, five years ago. Decision. 
Tim McKernan ready to announce the decision. It was unanimous. Ryan Kelly is the winner. Unanimous decision. Where's the strap? As you heard, Ryan Kelly was looking for the strap. Ryan Kelly looking for the strap. I'm not sure it's here. Even though the fight's over, let's not forget the three charities. Three little bits for life. Three kids with cancer. I'm trying to lose donations. Where is Superfix's strap? Did he bring the strap? No, he didn't. I'm not a gentleman. I'm a whore. Big fight tonight in St. Louis. It was, it was a battle. Tatanka, break down that fight for us. What, what did you see out of that film? When I saw Ryan Kelly go in, I didn't see the dirtiness in him. I didn't see that guy no. who, you know, was going to go in, oh, I'm going to kill somebody. Gonna, like, going to freaking bash someone until, well, no, he did that into Timber Fake tonight. And uh, let's go ahead and put Suck Me Fancy on the airwaves. Hey, how's it going? Oh, pretty good. <laughs> Were you at the fight tonight? No, I missed the entire fight. I was at a work party. Damn it. I don't even know the result. What was the result? Oh, Timberfake went down and, and by decision. Uh, I'm kind of disappointed. I'm not going to lie. Oh, you thought Timberfake was actually going to win that? I thought he had a chance. There's no way. There's just no way. Ryan Kelly is a guy who excels it seems at what he does or at least is crazy ambitious about it he's got that fire and Timberfake, maybe in his world Timberfake's the most ambitious guy who gets autographs like i don't know i don't know about that i don't know what he does i don't oh we're getting some text in here hey suck me fancy hold on a second all right guys i'm still awake and my wife is asleep so i'm gonna masturbate Ah! to your voices if that's okay So That's hey, fine with me. you got okay that going. That. Suck me fancy. Hey, thanks for calling in, brother. Yeah. We loved hearing from you, man. the The streets of St. Louis are alive tonight. I can feel it in my marrow. Oh, oh. Plowboy is on the phone. Special guest. Oh, Plowboy, get on here, brother. What's up? What is up, Plowsy? Hello. Hey, did you have a good time tonight? It was a good fight. Timberfake going to the reclining position on the ropes for about twenty seconds. What there. was that? And and he also sat down a few times on the mat. I, I noticed. Like, it reminds fe- me of Anderson Silva. Only if Anderson Silva was like a crackhead. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Perfect. nice analogy. I love that. Opponent, but usually you do that when you're ahead. You don't really recline on the ropes when you're bleeding out your eye about to lose the battle. How about that beginning of him not coming out until they played Thunderstruck? Was that getting awkward? I felt like the crowd was getting a bit antsy when that was going on. Here's the thing. The guy, his hype man, Deuces, that, <laughs> yes, I am involved with Deuces and Timberfake's Corner, he emailed me two songs to play. The two songs that actually played were the two songs he emailed me. When ACDC wasn't played, he looked at me and goes, hey, did you get my emails? And I said, yes, and he goes, okay. And so there was that, and I kind of felt like I was getting blamed for not playing an ACDC track that I was unaware of. Wow, uh, backstory. ended up being great radio. Hey, we love you, Plazzi. Thanks so much for calling in, buddy. You guys enjoy the rest of your show. I'll be streaming like the Dickens. Streaming like the Dickens. See you, buddy. Special guest on the line. Who we got on the line? Go ahead, special guest. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. This is Tim. Good evening. Good 
Oh, hey, Tim. How's it going, brother? I thought it was like Timmy Recaps or somebody. I didn't realize it was someone good. What's up, brother? <laughs> nice. I, was, I think it's so great to be driving home from the fight, and it's like KMOX for the Cardinal game, except it's you guys recapping this fight, and it's, it's incredible uh, radio, especially when you can get somebody like the uh, Plowhawk to call in and give his takes. You could literally feel the buzz down All there over. tonight. That was unreal. The energy in the room before we got that thing going was incredible. I mean, people were so fired up. And then Timberfake, after Ryan Kelly makes his glorious entrance, to I would say about 70% cheers, 30% booze. <sighs> Timberfake, we intro him, and as you guys were talking about with Plowing, uh, he, he doesn't come out, and I figure it's because he's going to let those two guys dance around. Wow. And then... We intro him again, and he doesn't come out. And what starts going through my mind is, oh, my God, he's going to bail, and we're going to have we're gonna have a riot here. It's going to be like the Guns N' Roses show. Crawled out the bathroom so, window. <laughs> uh, and then oh, I think that made people who were kind of borderline, like, more pissed off at him, and it just all yep. it did was play into the heel character. And uh, he clearly just wasn't in shape for the fight. I mean, there's just no... There's no way around it. I think in his mind, psychologically, he's like, I want to rematch. I want to rematch. And if you're the champion, you're not focused on a rematch. You're focused on keeping the strap. And all his whole thing was leading up to it was, I want to make sure there's a rematch. But as I was standing in the middle of the ring while he was waiting to get his headgear on, I'm like, he is scared. I mean, he is scared. And that wasn't the way it was against producer Joe. He was all, like, locked in, and he came out firing. But he was scared on this thing, man. And wow. He went, down, he went down twice, and if that fight would have gone a couple more rounds, I think he would have been TKO'd. I'm not a gentleman. I'm a whore. There, there's just a lot that needs to come out about about the whole fight thing. And, you know, it, it's just, you know, when I was there with you, Doug, at um, Billy G's, you know, they gave me a bottle of mimosa, and, you know, it was 7 a.m., and I'm drinking mimosas like the champ did at the time, you know? So here's the thing, you know. That was six months before the fight. What does that have to do with it? Exactly, yeah. And there was no I didn't know I was getting paid. I didn't know what I was getting paid. I didn't know nothing about that. Make a long story short, you know, I was getting hell on the fan page about people wanting me to donate what I made on there to Catherine Cares, you know. And I'm like, whoa, people don't understand that we were at the show and Catherine Cares is there and they were not even involved in the charity thing, okay? Ryan Kelly had his two charities, and after I heard their story, I go, okay. Whatever happens off that fight, whatever happens, it's whatever I get is going to go to them. And I, what I meant was that they were going to get what the other charities got, and that's what happened. I mean, it's, it's common sense, you know. You can misconstrue my words around when I'm, you know, that day or whatever, but that's what I meant, and Wayne knows that from Catherine Cares, and I came through with that, and that's what I'm saying. So people, people are upset that you got paid for the fight? Yeah, and but they, they think that I'm going to give my earnings to Catherine Cares, which Buck, which I never, ever said or meant like that. Whatever happens off that fight, whatever happens, it's whatever I get is going to go to them. And they misconstrue my words. Well, hold on a second. Without did me, you say what, it, or did you did you not mean what you said? No, 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 I didn't. Maybe I, what, what I meant was, you guys got to understand, there was no money involved even with the charities at that point. Ryan Kelly had his two charities, and Catherine Cares was there that day, okay? So I go, I'm fighting for you guys. I go, I want you guys to be in on this. And that's all it was. So you people could say whatever they want. It could be fake news, say whatever. But that's the God honest truth, and that's what happened. I backed up what I said.
I'm not a gentleman. I'm a whore. Are you ever going to defend the strap that you won the morning after strap? That clown's never going to give me the strap. Oh, you still don't he have never the strap. Gave it to he you? never gave it to you? No, I heard he works at a kiosk at the mall, and he won't come off the strap. What the heck? <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, I'm, I'm going to get on that. that. Well, I don't I'm know. Maybe we just let that one stay where it is. I don't like to run around there too much. Uh-uh, but... That needs to be up here on the wall somewhere. You know what happens every time we talk about this? No. About, about 7 a.m. on a Sunday morning, my, uh, my message box on Facebook starts blowing up. Guy hasn't slept. He hasn't been to bed in how many days? And all of a sudden, I get 73. I look, I set my phone down. I go keep, feed my kids breakfast. I come back. I have 73 messages on Facebook. I'm like, this is what went viral. What did I finally do that worked? Yay. And I'm like, messenger. Holy cow. Timber fake. There it is. Every single text is like one to three words. I hate you. You fight me. My strap, not yours. I mean, it's just, it's, it was, it's almost entertaining, but it's kind of annoying. So I, um, I almost just don't like to talk about it. I like to think of the fight in my mind. It was one of the greatest events that we ever put together. Couldn't have been done without everybody, everyone at Inside STL 590. Most importantly, the listeners for coming through, buying the $50 tickets. I think at the end of the day, with all the donations totaled up, we raised about $27,000, $27,000 for three great local charitable organizations. Mm. We had Friends of Kids with Cancer. We had Three Little Birds, and we had Catherine Cares there. They were all there that night representing at the fight. Raised about $27K all in for that. So that's the way I like to think about the fight. You know, I trained what I had to do. I got it done. Took all five rounds from the guy. He's no longer on the radio. God bless America. God bless Larry David. You knocked him right off Larry Nickel. And Larry David. (laughs) And Larry David. I love all the Larrys. Larry David, Larry Nichols. I'll take them all. You're listening to Swope's Picks on 590 The Fan and InsideSTL.com. And we're pleased now to be joined by the home loan expert, Ryan Kelly. Ryan, what's up? I'm doing really good. I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day, Swoop, to um, share our story and share uh, all the great details of the battle on Broadway and the three charitable organizations that benefited from the event. So you mentioned it a little bit when you challenged Timberfake at that TMA Live, but what was the seed that was planted that made you want to organize this event and challenge and fight in a ring for the strap? Uh, great question. We had already started tossing the ideas around the Home Loan Expert office regarding doing some type of a charity boxing match. I'm a fan of boxing, I'm not as big of a fan as some, but I do enjoy following boxing. I had never had the opportunity of being in a ring, so the thought was already kind of running through our heads. Then I watched an Inside STL video, it was an anniversary video, and watching it, I saw Timberfake's fight that he had done years past with, uh, I think that was producer Joe, and um, right then I knew we were onto something. Now, fast forward, I was at the TMA Live, and I see Timberfake there, you know, doing his doing his thing live on the radio, sitting up there with the guys, and it was right there. I sent Tim a text. I go, hey, do you mind if I walk up and uh, confront Timberfake and ask him if he wants to fight? And classic Tim, absolutely, sir. So there it was. I came out of the audience. I walked up, and Timberfake turns around and looks up at me, wondering what that guy was doing, and, and we just started right there. It wasn't premeditated. It, it kind of organically built up in your mind during that actual event? When I went to the TMA event, to answer your question, I was not expecting to see Timberfake. I didn't even know he was there. The, um, the thought was kind of already starting to build the seed was planted and when i saw him i just this is a perfect opportunity to do this so it was organic and it just kind of all flowed out right there it wasn't a setup by any means again i had no idea it was even going to be at the event there were years and years
years of them putting up different challengers. Uh, Weezer was the one they kept coming back to, and Timberfix said he didn't know him. So when you stepped up and not only challenged him, but also everybody knows your reputation and everybody knows when you put your name on something, you know, it's going to happen. You know, you have you have connections and you have the wherewithal to, to kind of connect the dots and put some things together. So, I mean, it was going to take someone like you to come along and do it. And I mean, I I was there. It was a great event. Uh, what do you remember from like the pre-fight, your pre-fight routine? What do you remember that night? Well, I want to answer that, but I need to get some credit first because there wasn't just me and all my connections and everybody else that pulled this off. It was a huge, huge um, team that we all worked together. Tim McKernan, Melissa Marr, everybody at Inside STL worked really hard to get this thing together. It wasn't just me. I, as much as I love to take the credit, there was, there was a lot of different people, including everybody at the morning after and Inside STL. So let's get to the question was, what do I remember about the pre-fight? Um, I did everything wrong, of course. Why wouldn't I? And I know there's stories on, on both sides. But um, the night of the fight, I, um, I was at my office like a normal Friday. Friday, working hard, putting out fires, closing loans, doing everything that I do. And about 2.30, I decided, you know, let's start getting our mind on the fight and why we're doing the fight. So I went down to SSM Health Cardinal Glennon, and um, I do go down there quite a bit when I need uh, I need to kind of check my problems and put them in place. And um, I went down there and I visited with some of the kids in 4 North, 4 North at Cardinal Glennon's Bone Marrow Cancer Ward. And I hung out with uh, some of those guys. I let them ride on my legs. I think we had T. Malik written on my leg during the fight, told everybody about the fight and what I was doing that night and why we were raising the money. And when I left Cardinal Glen, I was already about an hour behind schedule. And of course, coming from Cardinal Glen and West on 40, I sat in traffic for about an hour. So I'm starting to, you know, get a little antsy. I'm way behind. I get to my house and I probably got about 25 people at my house and we started, you know, a barbecue and everything else, probably not the ideal pre-fight, um, you know, what you should be doing, but we're grilling and fish and burgers and steaks. And before you know it, uh, Coach Petty, who had been training me throughout the entire um, training camp, you know, 90 days or so, time to go, Ryan, let's go put in work. And we ran out the door literally while I was still eating a cheeseburger in one hand. And we're halfway down to, um, down to uh, Broadway. And he looks at me and goes, did you grab my bag? And I'm like, what bag? He's like, we don't really have anything here, sir. And I'm like, oh, well, let's just get down there and do it. So we came in really rushed coming out of a party, coming out of the hospital before that. We get down to um, Broadway and uh, we didn't have a cup. I didn't have the proper shirt to wear. We didn't have tape, gauze. We didn't have anything. We go up into our training room, where our dressing room, I guess you could call that. And um, there was a couple of amateur fights before us. And as one of those fighters came off or out of the ring, I basically had to ask him, hey, man, can I borrow your cup? I need a cup. Are they going to let me fight? And, you know, he let me borrow a cup. Another guy let me borrow a shirt because you weren't allowed to fight without a shirt. So this guy literally takes it off after his fight, rings it out. Out, hands it to me. I put it on. This other guy's cup, I put it on. We weren't able to tape my hands up because we didn't have any tape or anything like that. So I basically just slid them right on the gloves and um, and then the show began, you know, coming out down the stairs and going through the crowd. It was such an amazing night to be able to see the three charitable organizations there as I walked out to the ring. Judy with Friends of Kids with Cancers. The Turleys were there. We had three little birds from life. Everybody was there and I made sure to, you know, salute them all, thank them all for allowing us to partner up with them and 
I got into the ring, and here I am in the ring ready for my first boxing match of my life, not really knowing what to expect. And um, Timberfake, I feel like, had a big edge there because he had been in a fight before, and he knows what happens when that bell rings, and I didn't. And um, but I think that's, uh, that's, that I'm not a virgin anymore. I feel like now going to the ring, I have a lot better idea of what happens, and I'll get a better, you know, like a one foot up there. But uh, we get up in the ring, crowd's going crazy. I'm amped up. My adrenaline's going. My heart's racing about 150 beats per minute, you know, and all of a sudden my opponent doesn't come out of the, come out of his changing room. And he left me and installed me out there. It's a really dirty play, but we won't get into all that. But he left me in that rain for about 10 minutes. And in any professional boxing fight, he would have had to forfeit that fight immediately because what happens to fighters is you have this thing called an adrenaline drop. And you get into that ring, and there's all the people screaming and yelling, and everything's going on. And again, your heart's beating, and you're anxious, and your adrenaline's working itself up. Well, by the time my opponent, Timurfei, came out in the ring, I was exhausted. I really was. I felt like I had just run a marathon, and um, the bell rings, and you guys know the rest. The fight started, and um, we went from there. There's actually audio where he actually says months and months out, that he was going to take 15 minutes to have a 15-minute entrance, you know. So I think that was all premeditated, staged. Uh, just it's a dirty his, trick. Part of his mind games uh, that he was trying, you know, tricks, because uh, he clearly wasn't physically prepared. The fight goes through. You, you get through it. I think there you were penalized one point at one time, you know, in like the third round. And I think everybody was a little bit nervous that, oh, what if this comes down to scoring at the end, you know, but you, you kind of put it to rest in the fourth round, definitely in the fifth round. Uh, what do you remember about that fourth round, that first knockdown where it really became clear that you were taking control of the fight? Well, I, I got a little sloppy on there and I, I guess I should have studied the rules a little bit better. And I, I guess I kept, uh, I, I took a hit. I think I hit him once in that third round. I, I could be off after, um, after the ref had tried to stop it. And um, that's when I was penalized. That fourth round, um, he was more gassed than I was. I was as well. I mean, heck, I'm you know, 42 years old, and I do mortgages 14 hours a day. I don't have, you know, the proper time to train, and I'm not making excuses there. But I was also gassed. And um, i be honest with you, when the fight was over, and I'm in my corner, and they're trying to pull the, the gloves off and everything, I, I just kept asking everybody in my corner, did I win? Did we win? They're like, you won. I'm like, I don't know, man. Did we really win? And I honestly didn't even know if I had won or not until the very end when the, um, when the ref came and we were both the, both the fighters route at the end, and he raised up my hand. I, just, I guess when you're in that fighting atmosphere and you're the one in the ring, you just don't notice, you know, the win or the loss or who's happening. I was totally blind until the, um, until the ref, you know, declared me the victor. And then, of course, I'm like, hallelujah. You know, Whew, what if that would have gone the other way? It would have been horrible for me. So <laughs> yeah, a lot well, of emotions ne- going on. I don't know. Here's one. Oh, I wouldn't have, you know, and everybody has their um, excuses of a win or a loss or their own horror stories or, you know, I had a party before the fight or I don't know if you're aware of this. I had a double hernia and um, I had a surgery done immediately after that fight to repair that hernia. So everybody has their I stayed out too late or I had a hernia or this or that. But at the end of the day, the fight happened. 
And the three charitable organizations were the true winners. It wasn't me. It was the three charitable organizations. I'm not sure exactly on the dollars because we made additional donations after. Tim and I made another donation after to make up for some stuff that had gone sideways. But I firmly believe, I know the number was over $25,000 that was raised throughout that fight. So those are the three winners. Catherine Cares, Friends of Kids with Cancer, and Three Little Birds for Life. Even though I took the victory all five rounds, they got the money, they got the donations, they got all the awareness out there. All I would say there's a lot of people in this town now that know about those three charitable organizations. Yeah, I know. I've spoken with Wayne Turley uh, at some of the TMA Live events, and it's kind of one of those bizarre circumstances where you've got this goofball that's, you know, kind of making a, being a jackass, but at the same time, everybody reacting to that and everybody coming out and supporting the event, the net result was it really raised the profile of his charity. So I know he's really pleased with the way everything unfolded. It looked at times that it was going to, even right up until he came out, you know, the night of the fight, it looked like it might fall through and you'd have to issue refunds or whatever, and it would have just been a huge mess. But ultimately, Timberfig did get through five rounds. You guys put on a great show. A lot of money was raised, and it was just a great, great night. But I don't think anybody that bought a $50 ticket for the three charitable organizations didn't get everything that they wanted. You know, when you when you think about it, it would have been great to have a first-round knockout or this or that. But at the end of the day, the fight was put out there, all five rounds of it. And I feel like between the two of us, Timberfake and I, we gave everybody everything they really wanted that night. You know, we gave them a lot of excitement, a lot of shoving, pushing, wrestling, kicking, you know, everything that went into that. But at the end the day. I don't think anybody could walk out of South Broadway Athletic Club that night and go, well, I wish I wouldn't have donated the money or bought a ticket for that. I, I believe we really did put a good product out there and the charities win and a lot of money was raised and I, I think it was a great event. You know, I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, is there anything else you want to get out there, get on the record while I have you on? You know, I'd love to get the strap. I still never got the strap and I get it. It's a $2 strap from Walmart, but there's a sentimental value to that and we had plans of what we were going to do with that strap. We weren't just going to hold it and put it in my closet. You know, we we made some promises of who we we're going to give that strap to as like memorialize the fight and all the dollars that were raised. So if Timber Fake does listen to this, if he does have the strap somewhere in his mom's house or wherever that is, take it out of a box, bring it over to my office. He made me promise after promise after the fight. I, I mean, I probably have 30, maybe 50 messages from him on Facebook promising the strap, never got it, offered to come pick it up, no reply. But if I could get my hands on that strap and put it in the Pearson's hand that I promised it to, that would mean the world to me. Well, I appreciate you taking the time from your busy schedule, Ryan. Always a pleasure. And, hey, Buck, thank you for your time and putting this all together. And um, I, the other day when it piped up in my news feed that this was a one-year anniversary, like one year ago tonight, it just brought it all back. You know, I had kind of put it behind us afterwards and done other things. But it was a great event. Just to kind of recap that one more time, it was a great event. Friends of Kids with Cancer, Catherine Cares, Three Little Birds for Life, they were the real winners. And uh, if I get my hand on that strap, I'm going to make good on a problem. I had for somebody. Thanks for your time. God bless America, and thank you, sir. We'll talk to you soon, Buck. And we're pleased now to be joined by Dave Jackson. DJ, what's up? Hey, Buck. How you doing, buddy? I'm pretty good. So, how did you come to find yourself in Timberfix's corner as his trainer? Well, I had been following and coaching wrestling for many years, although my first love was always boxing. So, Chris had two stepbrothers that wrestled for Fox, and were both state champs, where I was helping coach at the time. So that's where I originally met Chris. Uh, years later, I used to go to St. Charles Casino 
to watch big pay-per-view boxing matches. So we ran into each other because Chris was also a huge boxing fan. So we ran into each other uh, frequently there watching uh, big boxing matches. So we ended up watching a lot of fights together. So besides our connection through wrestling and boxing, we were also both big fans of the morning after. And I think it's important to know, because I've been asked this so many times through the years, is how or why would I be friends with someone that portrayed himself on the radio as this timber fake persona? And the answer is quite simple. He never played that role around me. He was nothing other than nice, kind, respectful towards me, 100%. So I never addressed him as timber fake or play baby or sex Lewis. To me, he was just simply a guy named Chris. So when there started being rumblings about Chris maybe boxing Barnhart Brawler, that's when he first reached out to me and said, hey, Dave, would you please train me? So shortly thereafter was when Ryan challenged Chris. And so I said, "Uh, sure, I I will, as long as you do as I say and take it seriously and just give 100%, win, lose, or draw, just give 100%. And uh, because I damn well fucking know that Ryan's going to. So. I, that, that's the answer so, to that, Buck. So, yeah, I, I will say, <clears throat> I just wanted to add, I have, you know, been around Chris as opposed to Timberfake. Uh, I think there was a couple TMA Live, uh, there was one specific TMA Live, I remember, where he just came up to me after the show and just, you know, exchanged pleasantries and was just like totally down to earth normal and, um, right. you know, was just friendly, mm-hmm. was just friendly, I guess would be the yep. way to put it. So, yeah, I, I get the heel character he was playing it was a persona i did i did sure. kind of sense that he seemed to like lose control of the character you know and and slowly he started to become the character right. you know he lost chris disappeared and he just became timber fake full time and it wasn't necessarily anything he was in control of he was just kind of in pursuit of whatever glory he could get, and he felt like, oh, he was getting a lot of publicity, or he was somehow, he was getting some sort of satisfaction out of this Timberfake character, and somehow sure. it took over it took over his persona. So it, from my perspective, from the outside, it seemed like he would be focused one week, and then he might go off the rails the next, off the rails the next. Did you notice uh, deviation in his dedication performance during his training or otherwise? As far as his... Uh, focus and determination goes, it was kind of like a roller coaster. Some peaks, but more valleys. Uh, Now, of course, going into training, I knew fully well that it would be far from easy, and there would be plenty of bumps and potholes in the road. And there certainly was, more than I even anticipated. No doubt about it. Uh, Nine weeks of training, uh, missed training, being late after I would get off work and creep core, race down 270, to my house in Fenton, only to have him either not be there or show up 45 or 60 minutes late, therefore pushing my night back because I would still have to drive him home up in, up to South City, then turn around and drive back home to Fenton, eat, talk to my wife and daughter for a few minutes, take a shower, go to bed. Well, it seemed like about four or five fucking months. Plus, I had to put my own training schedule on hold. And I wasn't happy about that at all, but for the greater good of the charities, I decided, okay, I'll go all all in, you know, and uh, let's try to make this happen, you know, and and have a competitive bout. So in in addition to providing them with, you know, food and protein drinks, uh, hell, paying $163 out of my own pocket to buy him a three-month gym membership at the Y by his house so he didn't have to run outside in the freezing weather, 
I mean, but the final few weeks, he seemed to mentally and physically kind of pick it back up a notch as we got closer. And, you know, his, his attitude and his focus seemed to, uh, to, to step it up. So we had a game plan, which included going to the body a lot because I knew there would be a lot of plenty of tie-ups and uh, slash clinches and infighting. And he was following the plan to a T, which is frustrating, actually the last two weeks before the fight. Um, and I had him going seven three-minute rounds instead, even though there, the fight was only scheduled for five two-minute rounds. And I didn't even tell him this uh, till his final workout, which was the night before the weigh-ins. And when I told Chris that, his confidence went through the fucking roof. He was pumped and ready 100%. I knew that just to have a 50-50 chance for him to beat Ryan, he would have to do everything right. But once I showed up the next night at the weigh-in and he was already drinking and then woke up Friday morning with my phone lit up with notifications and pictures that he'd been out all night, I screamed, fuck. My wife asked, what's wrong? I showed her my phone and said, it's over before it even began. As much as I talked to Chris on that final drive home after our final last training session and begged and pleaded with him to rest and eat and drink what I bought him for the day of the fight, I had no fucking clue what was going to happen in the next 48 hours. The night of the fight, when I picked him up at his hotel, all I could think of when I looked at my wife was, this is like a plane on fire getting ready to crash into a fucking mountain. It was a total zoo, complete fucking circus. He literally did not have one. He, he, he didn't do one single thing, not one thing that we had trained and prepared to do. I mean, I just, it was unfucking real. I can't even put it into words. Wow. So ultimately, you know, you did get him through the five rounds as, as much as he sabotaged himself going into the night of the fight. It seemed like at times during the fight, he just stayed on the ground or was grabbing legs or just almost seeming like he was going to quit. And you were screaming at him and you were able to kind of just force him to stay in the in the ring and finish the fight, which I think that that meant a ton to the crowd. It meant a ton to the charities. I know it was such a, it was a, such a great event. And I feel like it never would have gotten there. We never would have gotten to the finish line if it wasn't for you specifically uh, managing to just kind of pick him up off the ground and, and stand him up uh, at least to where he could finish the fight. Uh, after all the time, money, headaches, and frustration that I went through, uh, the main thing I had to keep reminding myself, along with a bunch of, of good guys and friends from the fan page, was that three great charities, uh, Three Little Birds for Life, Friends of Kids with Cancer, and Catherine Cares all received a nice donations. I thought, you know what? You're going to lose this fight, but I'll be damned if you fucking quit on my watch and that's why i don't know if it was caught on film or not but i pulled something in my lower delt that i never uh, surgeries injuries uh that i've had through the years i don't know what the hell this was smacking him upside the head uh, across the ropes when he tried to quit in between rounds i was like no you know not on my fucking watch so you know i knew ryan was tired too anyone who's ever been in that squared circle it's brutal you know tip of the cap to ryan for making the walk and chris for making the walk you know it's not an easy walk anyone that's made it knows it is it's spooky and then when your lungs are on fire and feel like you got a blowtorch to them 
there's no place on earth you'd rather be than outside of the ring rather than inside. So much respect to Ryan Kelly uh, and, and Coach Harold Petty. Uh, I truly admire Ryan for many reasons, but what really stands out is the way he's always helping people and donating to charities. Just a true class act. And uh, one final thing, if I may, sure. uh, in addition to Coach uh, Harold Petty is such a good guy and uh, uh, such a wonderful person for what he does down at 12th and Park Recreation Center, uh, you know, with the youth down there. Um, I actually had been following uh, Coach Petty's boxing career since the 1980 Olympic trials when he damn near made the uh, USA team. Uh, I watched many of his fights as a pro. We're close to the same age. Um, so it was just an honor being in the same ring with, um, with Coach Petty, too, and, and meeting him. And just a, you know, a class act and, uh, you know, just true sportsmanship. So all the way around. All right. Well, we'll see you. I'm sure we'll see you at, uh, if not this next TMA Live, one of the next TMA Lives. And uh, we'll have a good time then. Absolutely. God bless, everyone. You're listening to Swope's Picks on 590 The Fan and InsideSTL.com. Swope here, reminding you that all episodes of Swope's Picks are available for download at InsideSTL.com. You can also find Swope's Picks on iTunes in the comedy section under S for Swope. Special 41st birthday wishes to loyal swope Sode listener Brenton Phoenix. Happy birthday! From his brother Ryan in Houston. This is my birthday today, I might get drunk. Ryan hopes you enjoy your special day, and he's looking forward to spending time together this summer, traveling and sharing nachos at the Astros D-backs and Astros Yankees series. Yeah, brother. Happy birthday, Brent. Special thanks to Ryan Kelly and Dave Jackson for joining us. Well, get on with it, muff. Get on with it, muff. Well, get on with it, muff. Thank you for listening to Swope's Picks. Enjoy the match. Big boy, what do you have? Does Mr. Claiborne know that Doug and I have sex and stuff? <laughs> well, I don't, I don't. I don't think this is a secret. I think it's kind of like glory holes where people talk a good game and it hardly ever happens. Because you, you just never know what may pop up. Wow! <laughs> wow! Yeah, how much do you make? Let's start with that question. Uh, that's what makes it even more creepy. If I'm dressing up like a slut, I'm going to take the money. <laughs> hey, big boy, what do you have? When that padre drags his stink thumb across my boy face tomorrow. Because we're coming up on mating season down here. And try to control your own urges for just about an hour and a half, if you could. Gently graze Vaughn on the turkey neck or areola region. I was oh. talking to Ken Bone. Another guy shows up. And I pull into one of these rest areas in the Smoky Mountains and met a little no, bearded gentleman. No, that wasn't how that story ended. <laughs> Hey, big boy, what do you have? Where's so Cat? Did you fire him? And it, 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 he could have it spray on his Thank chest you. if you want. No, because then I look at your face. <laughs> hey, big boy, what do you have? Doug, is it wrong to get a boner in Walmart from looking at a poster of Mark Hamill? Is he trans? For one, I think it could be a training detector. Just maybe if you're really drunk and you're blurry-eyed, maybe. Must have been a great tuck job. I don't know how it works. The guy I went to high school with, uh, he's got a picture of Bruce Jenner. The picture I saw was a 60 or 70-something gentleman in pink hot pants and a plunging neckline wearing knee-high boots at the airport. Go look at Milton Burrow penis size. I mean, I've, I've heard that all the... <laughs> and it was, he, he said it was...
was purple and it was enormous. Okay. Hey, here you go. Take a look at me. Oh. Doug, the train is coming. Grab your ankles. You went propping up a burly tranny on this bish. Boy whore. Easy. I... What in the hell? <laughs> oh, jeez. I'll talk to you guys later. All right. See ya. See you later. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.